So, um, on the 20th of um, October 2020, um, here in Nigeria, currently we called it um, the Black Tuesday. Um, you know, um, a group of young protesters. Earlier that day, um, the state government has annou- had announced a curfew. So, um, and then um, later that day, um, 7 p.m., um, there were shootings that the military was there and the military started shooting sporadically at protesters, you know. And, um, and a lot of young people were killed on that day. Prime time. Will. James Cowley. The guest edition. Climate change, civil rights, human rights and democracy. Those are some of the many reasons why millions of demonstrations are taking place around the world as I speak right now. But one common factor though is the presence of young people, the youth, sometimes even at the forefront of these standoffs. From Greta in Davos speaking against climate change, to Malema Ochagulanya in Africa and the Black Lives Matter movement in the US, or the Hong Kong demonstrations in Asia, all these demonstrations are largely by young people. The level of social consciousness and youth activism towards social and political change is up there. This episode of Primetime with Jane Carly is dedicated to the scores of people that lost their lives in the Lekki massacre on the 20th October 2020 in Lagos, Nigeria. With a special focus and support for the people of Nigeria, today I really want to understand why young people are quick to take to the streets or on social media to ex- express their disgruntlement. Are we anarchists, as some presidents have put it, or are we real change makers that want to see a better world? Let's head to Nigeria. My primetime guest today is Ajete George from Lagos State University, Nigeria, a youth social worker and the former campus director of the United Nations Academic Impact and the Millennial Campus Network Fellowship. He currently serves as one of the international IEE mentors. Most importantly though, he's one of the young people at the forefront of the demonstrations in Nigeria against police brutality instigated by SARS, a special anti-robbery squad in the West African state. He's also a fellow podcaster and you can listen to his podcast, The Edge Podcast, on all podcast streaming platforms. Welcome to Primetime with James Carley, George Saar. Thank you, Jamanda, for that um, brilliant introduction. All right, George, for starters, I believe you are in Lagos, Nigeria at the time. Can you give us a brief update of how the demonstrations started and are going, and maybe why you chose to participate in them? The hashtag NSARS or hashtag end police brutality in Nigeria campaign has been on for years, actually. It's, uh, um, it has risen in 2017, 2018, 2019, and in all these years, hmm. all we got as young people was promises. So um, in the early um, hours, or should I say early days of October, yeah yes. young people took to twitter it happened it started on twitter with just people using the hashtag to spread news about um, police brutality in nigeria and how the special anti-robbery squad arm of the nigerian police force was uh, you know killing young people and extorting them so um on the 8th of um october um 
precisely um, a group of young people took to the streets of Lagos State. You know, they took to the streets. Um, they marched towards um, the national, um, the state assembly, which is located in Ikeja, Lagos, Nigeria. Yeah. And they were a small group, as I mentioned earlier. But before they would get to Alausa, where the seat of power of the Lagos State government is. They found out that they had multiplied. And the reason why I joined basically is because I have been a victim myself. And I am not a fraudster. I do not have tattoos on my body. But yeah. because I use an iPhone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as funny as it may sound, because I use yeah. an iPhone and sometimes, you know, I mean, a fancy car, I have been stopped, searched, arrested mm. sometimes, and um, almost okay. extorted. So um, I saw this as an opportunity to stop this from happening to other well-meaning young Nigerians like myself. All right, so moving on from that, media reports say that people were shot dead by the army in the Lekki massacre on October 20th. So as you go for these demonstrations, don't you fear for your life and that of your fellow demonstrators? With that in mind, why would you still risk your life? <laughs> Jemanda, um, that question is actually a very funny one. Um, mm. I, I do fear for my life, of course. That is why I'm actually outside to protest. That's oh, why wow. I'm actually at the forefront of this struggle. Actually, the first time I was caught, I was taking palliatives that we got from an organization that was donated and I was, you know, transporting it to low, um, 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 less privileged to the less privileged you know people that were in underserved communities to actually distribute these palliatives food boxes to them and if i could be if i could be stopped yeah. my life is not safe either way so it's better to die you know fighting for what is right than to die a victim you know so that is yeah, it exactly. i think that and that's what everybody is fighting for that is why we are not relenting all right so the other thing that i wanted to ask um, is usually and ideally protests are supposed to be peaceful and but however there has been some vandalism and looting in nigeria don't you think these protests are more destructive than constructive and they only portray you as violent people instead of change makers as you presume yourselves to be when the protests started um young people were coordinated like i've never seen nigerian youths be as coordinated as they were during these protests you know yeah. we clean up after ourselves we um feed ourselves we wow. give water to ourselves we you know we sleep overnight you know in the, on the protest grounds we protect mm -hmm. ourselves we make sure that nobody gets hurt there was 24 7 ambulance there was security there was legal services there was basically everything that this government has failed you yeah. know to provide you know we had donations from overseas from all around the country and we were you know the, the um people that were receiving these donations were accountable for every money and every expenditure that was made you know so um this made the protest very peaceful and organized even though we do not have a leader these i think um you know threatened the um sitting powers you know and they, they felt they, they needed to disorganize us so gradually we started being infilled infiltrated by um hoodlums who were hired of course they were hired by some you know powers that be mm. you know to disorganize us to um ambush us to um you know probably um you know make the um, protest seem illegal yeah and as for um the um vandalism and um looting part okay so this is how it all happened so um on the 20th of um october 2020 um 
um, a day where uh, here in Nigeria currently we call it um, the Black Tuesday. Um, you know, um, a group of young protesters. Earlier that day, um, the state government has had announced a curfew. So um, they said it was to start by 4 p.m. and then later on, um, because of the fact that you know a lot of people were already in their offices and. There is no way they could have made it back home before 4 p.m. So the state government shifted it to 10 p.m. And um, the protesters were, um, you know, suspecting a foul play that probably the government wanted to um, expel them and make them leave the ground. That was why the curfew was announced. They um, refused to go home. And then um, later that day, um, 7 p.m., legally they were still legally you know, protected, and they could still stay outside even at that time. Yeah. So um, we heard um, there were shootings, that the military was there, and then the military started shooting sporadically at protesters, you know. And um, um, allegedly, you know, a lot of young people were killed on that day. So mm -hmm. the, um, ho the hoodlums and um, the vandalism and looting started a day after. Lastly, George, um, after listening to you, what message do you ultimately have from Nigeria to the world or to everyone listening on Prime Time with James Carley? As my closing note, um, I would like to reiterate that um, the hashtag NTRS movement has now become like a metaphor as it now represents all the inefficiencies, the corruption, the structural imbalances, the faults and the shenanigans of the political class in Nigeria currently. So we as young people of the country have seen how much we can achieve when we come together as one, how much we can achieve when we are united for a given cause. One day when the glory comes, it will be People have fought and died for independences, against slavery, for basic rights like the right to vote in the past. But times have changed. Young people today understand more than ever that we have the right to life and most importantly, the right to live and protect ourselves against systems and people that may not be alive in our future. So my appeal to everyone especially the powers that be, is to ensure a safe, peaceful and sustainable society or environment for all our future. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Primetime with Jane Carley. Help spread the word and share my podcast. And you can chat to us on our Facebook page, Primetime with Jane Carley. Remember to subscribe wherever you're listening from. And also catch the Edge podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. See you in a fortnight.